Hey guys, welcome back to the Runner's High Podcast. This is episode number 11. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. You can find us on iTunes using the Apple Podcast app, SoundCloud, or Spotify. You can follow along with us using the handle at Runner's High NJ on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You need some of those mocha shots to get you oh gosh, get you yeah. jacked. Um, I'm just joking around now so I can kind of wake myself up. Get yourself going? Yeah. All right. So today, guys, joining us uh, on the show, we're going to have longtime partner of the store and fellow business owner, uh, Mike Manzo. He's co-founder of Atlantic Physical Therapy. Uh, we're very excited to bring you that interview. Uh, but first, Grace and I want to do a little bit of a shameless plug, I would say. This is not shameless. No shameless plug? Okay. All right. A little shame. A little shame for me. <laughs> so, Grace, what's the one question as runners that we generally always uh, get? The PG-13 version? Yeah. What's your fastest mile? How much <laughs> do you run? So, what's your fastest mile? So, the question we get all the time here uh, that we get asked on staff. Uh, and so we want to talk a little bit about the mile distance because we have a very exciting event that we are, uh, putting on, uh, in conjunction with the shore running experience camp and Monmouth university called the Monmouth mile. I can tell you're very excited. <laughs> <laughs> so August 1st, uh, we're going to be hosting a community event. Uh, based down at Monmouth University in West Long Branch. Uh, we had it go off awesome last year. Uh, so the idea and concept behind it is to get the community out, kind of test everybody's fitness at the mile distance. Uh, last year we did it uh, by age group, but this year we're actually going to do it by pace. Uh, and the kind of icing on the cake of the entire night is that we host an elite field um, down there as well, an elite race, uh, where last year we saw, uh, four guys break the, uh, four minute barrier in the mile. So, uh, again, August 1st, it's all going down on the campus of Monmouth University in West Long Branch. So we hope anybody out there listening can get, uh, race ready in the next six weeks, uh, to toe the line down there and, and be part of that. Uh, for what's sure to be a, uh, a memorable night. Grace is fist pumping. She's excited for it. Uh, so so with that, uh, Grace, let's talk a little bit about our, our mile experiences. Uh. So we talked a little bit about it offline with you. So what's your most memorable or your first memory uh, when racing the mile? My first mile experience was my only mile experience. One and done. And it was not bad. No. But it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All at the same time. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was good. It was fun. Um, it was when I first moved back to, back to New Jersey, and it was at the pop up miles that you guys put on. Two years ago. Yep. Two summers ago. Yep. yep. And I just came off of injury, <laughs> and went a little too hard in the warm up, <laughs> and almost puked at the end. Sure. Which yeah. is pretty much how any mile race yep. should go. And we had who who was that guy? Who's trying to go like sub? No, Denny ran like 440. I no, think. No, no, not yeah. him. Well, I just figured, yeah, these old guys, I can just, I could just <laughs> hang on with them, and then you know, if, if I get dropped, I get dropped, and I got dropped like the first 50 meters. Right. So, yeah. So that's how it went. Yeah. 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 
<laughs> so hopefully people's experiences at the Mammoth Mile are a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> positive. Yeah, don't underestimate people's age. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, but uh, but again, yeah, an event we're very excited about here. Uh, so mark those calendars for August 1st uh, down in West Long Branch on the campus of Monmouth University. Uh, for all the details, you can actually find all the information online. Uh, it's just at uh, www.mammothmile.com, and we are live on Instagram, and it's just at uh, Mammoth Mile. So we definitely hope you guys follow along and join us uh, on August 1st. So, Or you can also personally text Craig at 73... I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> nope. Uh, just and keep in mind, too, to come down and watch the elite race, you do not need to participate. Um, so we just want to kind of pack the, the, the stadium, uh, the brand new facility down there too. So, uh, the track is nice and nice and freshly, Mm -hmm. uh, installed down there. So, Mm. uh, but with that, we want to kind of move along, uh, after the shameless plug for, uh, the Monmouth mile. Uh, but Mm. we, uh, we had a great conversation with, uh, with Mike Manzo. Uh, he's the co-founder of Atlantic Physical Therapy, uh, who we've been partners with here, uh, ever since we opened the doors seven years ago. So, um, you know, Mike has a, a lot to offer. Uh, he's also a great business person, too. Uh, managing all those facilities is, is going to be a huge undertaking. So we're excited to bring you guys uh, our interview with Mike Manzo. Guys, definitely want to uh, thank uh, Mike Manzo for joining us tonight. Uh, Mike is one of the co-owners, uh, co-founders at Atlantic Physical Therapy. Uh, opened his doors, uh, first doors in 2001. So, Mike, thanks for joining us tonight. No, my pleasure. Happy to be on the on the podcast. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so Mike, you guys have uh, a bunch of different locations throughout the state. Um, you know, so let's give a little bit of a background on the uh, on the practice itself, um, and kind of a little bit of background on on yourself. You know, kind of where you studied. Um, you know, things like that. Okay, we we started Atlantic Physical Therapy Center, my brother Dave and myself, 2001 in Freehold. Mm -hmm. And um, we've grown since then to 19 locations now, Monmouth and Ocean County predominantly, and then also Middlesex and Mercer County. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to undergraduate in Gettysburg College, and then I went to graduate school. At at the time, it was Hahnemann in Philadelphia. The program has since been acquired by Drexel, so I got my alumni um, communications from Drexel. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we started the practice and, and really didn't have designs on being large, but growth kind of happened, mm. um, initially. And then we put systems in place and, and then, um, we started to target growth because we just kept seeing a need in, in the markets that we are now. And, and, um, as we grew opportunities, you know, grew for the people on our team who had been with us. So sure. it's been, uh, it's been a fun ride, yeah, and and we are where we are. But I feel like we're stronger now than we've ever been. Sure, definitely. Now, how many how many um, locations is it now? Uh, Nineteen locations, 19. and uh, I think there we're up to fifty six clinicians, physical okay. therapists, and physical therapist assistants. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. So when it first started, was it just kind of like you and like a core team and your brother? I know your brother's kind of like the the. The, the background kind of business yep. kind of component to it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I kind, of, I kind of sit on the clinical side of things sure. and, and my brother Dave is on the administrative side. And um, yeah, we've been fortunate that the first 
people who kind of joined the team are still with us. And really that core group has been able to, even though we've grown and expanded, kind of maintain the culture that, that we started with. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, we've been really fortunate on, on having a lot of loyalty, you know, from, from the staff and, you know, and and they've all ascended, you know, as we've grown. So it's been a fun ride for all of us together. Yeah, no, I think that really says something about the business when, you know, you have those people that, start and they stick with it and it's just you know they buy into the culture and they can you know uh like you're saying they can ascend up you know through those opportunities and things like that um you know so in terms of because there's many different facets of of pt and being involved in physical therapy so Mm -hmm. um you know how i guess did you know one that like physical therapy was a field that that you wanted to to really go down and go into and then like secondary to that how did you know that like owning a physical therapy practice was something that you wanted to to kind of get you know into because you could have easily you know just been a pt under someone else's umbrella you know as opposed to you know what you're doing today yeah i I was in undergrad i was playing basketball and baseball at gettysburg and um early in my junior year i tore my acl okay and had to have reconstructive surgery, and then the surgeon said, okay, it's time for you to go to physical therapy, and I really didn't know much about physical therapy at that point, but my first visit with the therapist, um, it was one of those aha moments. I remember my mom picked me up after that session, and and she said, oh, you know, how did your physical therapy session go? And I said, "Uh, I'm gonna be a physical therapist. Right, right, right. right. She said, what what happened in there, you know? So um, that started my journey. So, you know, what was really a terrible event for me was devastating because basketball was done at least for that year. And um, it turned out to be probably the best thing that could have happened to me. And, sure. and um, I had entered undergrad kind of torn between did I want to study medicine or did I want to go into business? So I, I definitely liked the medical route better. And um, so I think I was prime for something, I I had decided that I didn't want to go all the way to be a doctor, Mm -hmm. and I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I was ready for something, and PT just jumped, kind of jumped right in front of me there. Sure. Um, But it's kind of come full circle to where we have the business in the field of PT, but I think that the entrepreneurial spirit in myself and my brother was born from our grandfather, Mm -hmm. who... Um, he was a second generation. His his father, our great grandfather, started a business in Elizabeth. It was a grinding business, where he would push a little cart around and and have a stone wheel on it where he would sharpen knives and scissors for oh, restaurants. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And that was in 1910. Okay. And then our grandfather took the business over, and then our uncles took the business over, and wow. then yeah. my, our our older brother worked in the business, and it's still around today. So, oh, wow. yeah. So I think that it was it was kind of natural for us to think of at some point owning our own business and um so so we kind of jumped into it when we started atlantic i was 26 years old and my brother dave was 24. wow yeah so we were just kind of naive enough to take the leap because we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into and yeah yeah um luckily we did and and we've made you know dave and i are proud to say we've pretty much made every mistake that you could make right but we've learned from those mistakes sure definitely you know we're stronger for it now yeah no, I mean, I think that that's, a, that's awesome in terms of, you know, that entrepreneurial spirit. And, um, you know, I think you have to have, you know, regardless of, of what it is, if it's, you know, working on the floor of the practice or, you know, us for fitting shoes, like you have to have that, that passion, right? Um, Absolutely. You know, and it seems like it was almost like kind of 
you know, handed down, you know, from generation yeah. to generation. That's, that's pretty unique. Yeah. Um, so talking about kind of family, you know, from the business perspective, I'm sure that that's kind of, you know, raised some obstacles or challenges <laughs> there. What is it like to work with, with family? Um, you know, I know like from, from my lineage, my father had worked with his family for a lot and there was always kind of challenges and different things mm -hmm. that would arise. Like, do you find that working with family is, I mean, obviously it's beneficial to some extent, but how do you find that? And like, what's that situation like? Um, I would say uh, on the whole, we're, we're fortunate because, because we really have different responsibilities, Dave and I, mm -hmm. I mean, we're both, you know, alpha males sure. and, you know, we, or in the early days we would settle disputes maybe with an arm wrestling match, but right. we've become a little more sophisticated, but, but we really do get along. And, and I think that my weaknesses are his strengths yeah. and, um, you know, kind of a funny story is Dave was always in those early years, you know, all about kind of let's grow, grow, grow. Sure. And I was more kind of holding back that growth. And um, we had an opportunity where my first boss that I worked for coming out of school, um, years went went by. I left on, in the right way and was very transparent about it. But he kind of came to us um, at one point and, and said, you know, I have an opportunity for you guys to acquire my business. And, mm -hmm. and it was really at a point where it was a big, big undertaking for us. But when you know, you, you know, I just knew we had to do it. It was a great opportunity that wouldn't come along again. And, and Dave was saying, there's no way we can't do this. And so, I was saying, we are doing this. And our wives are saying, who are you two? Right. <laughs> so, you know, there, we've, kind of coalesced around to, to the same point now here and and we've really defined our roles and, and we don't play in the same space too much sure. so yeah. um, there's certainly challenges but but we are best best friends sure. outside of yeah. the business and you know um, it works it definitely works for us yeah yeah no that's that's cool um, so one thing you know and I, and I think I've talked to you about about it a little bit and uh you know, I tell kind of the, the patients and customers that we kind of cross paths with, you know, between us here and, and, and you across the way. Um, you know, the one thing that that always resonated with me, um, you know, as a business owner, when I was getting treatment, you know, with you guys, when you and I would talk, you know, during those treatments was, you know, your uh, real desire to kind of stay on the floor. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, I kind of took that back, you know, to, to what we do here on the retail floor. And, you know, because there are shops and other operations where kind of the owner is just the manager, right? They kind mm -hmm. of manage off a spreadsheet or they're not really fitting on the floor. You know, yeah. that's one thing that I always kind of um, like respected about how you operate uh, is, yes, you have this, you know, very, you know, popular and ever growing business, but you've always maintained like your ability to kind of stay on the floor uh, in terms of working on patients, you know, hands on, like what is kind of like the motivating, you know, factor for you and what kind of drives you to kind of stay on the floor there when you could easily just kind of, you know, turn to the back office and be kind of more of like a managerial role as opposed to really hands on. I think it's the, uh, I mean, selfishly, I love that interaction with, with the patient. Yeah. I love taking someone from point A to point B and, you know, watching them have success with something that they kind of thought that they 
weren't going to have success with. And, and it's, it's so gratifying to take somebody through that journey. So, so that's a big part of it. Sure. Um, another part of it is it keeps me connected to the clinicians. So I kind of, I'm fighting the same battles mm-hmm. as them when I'm on the floor and documenting the treatments and, you, you know, uh, I'll never ask somebody to do something that, that feels challenging or on, you, you know, where you don't feel like you're in a situation where you can have success as a, as a PT. And sure. so since I'm on the floor, I think I, I always have a good sense of, you know, what's appropriate and, you know, how we can have most success with the client. But, mm. um, you know, as we've grown, my role has changed a little bit where I've had, you know, I have other administrative responsibilities, but, you know, and it's kind of been a tug, a pull and a tug with Dave and I, where he, for a long time, has been saying, you know, you, you need to come off the floor. Right, right. And I'll never come off the floor completely because of the gratification you get working one-on-one with the client and because of that connection it, it keeps with the clinician but where i you know and my charge inside of me is i want to help people i want to help people achieve things that they don't think that they could achieve sure. and you know what's helped me to kind of transition into more of a 50 50 role is you know i feel like as the organization has grown if i can be more effective in making sure that each of our locations and each of our therapists are in a situation where they can be their best self, then they can better help the person who's in front of them. And then I'm feeling like my impact is kind of broadening. So, um, but you'll never get me off the floor altogether. Right. I, I just love it. And and good information comes to me when I when right. I kind of hop in and, and I'm doing more coverage at this point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm just Mike, I'm covering for, you know, whoever's out and, and you know information from the staff, information from the clients. I'm living in the in the chart, so I'm seeing right. what the treatment plan is. It's really valuable information that that you don't get if you're just kind of popping in and observing in a clinic. So. Sure. Yeah. 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 It no. Works. I mean, that's that's always one thing that like, you know, I try to look around to other business owners that I you know uh, respect and you know, look up to. And that's one thing that I've always kind of gravitated towards with you in terms of, you know, always kind of being on the floor and, you know, to a lesser extent and importance, I feel like, you know, here it's like we get feedback from customers all the time, you know yeah. what I mean? And if, if I'm not there, I'm not getting that, that feedback, you know, I don't Absolutely. know how issue fits or how it works or things like that. If you're not mm-hmm. there kind of, um, you know, in the trenches for like yeah. lack of a better term, you know, yeah. but, um, but yeah, let's uh, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, you know, so you guys recently um, launched down in your Tom's River location, um, the Atlantic Center for for running excellence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just last week, I had uh, you know the opportunity to to test everything out and yeah. and, uh, and get the one on one experience down there. So um, you know, let's talk a little bit about that and what the new facility um, you know kind of offers and, and has there. Yeah, so we we have that space that you were at down in Tom's River, and and we've got a woodway treadmill in there, which is a terrific surface for running. And um, the group that we partnered with is Run Lab out of Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. and um, the founder of that Run Lab is Dr. Kim Davis, chiropractor, who's um, been a competitive runner her entire life and super passionate about running. Mm-hmm. I mean. Um, she's a she's a really dynamic person and and so one of our physical therapists was 
just really looking to progress his running knowledge. And in his research, he came across Dr. Davis and um, they started talking and, you know, he was telling me about what what they have going on down there. And, and, and basically, Run Lab has a team of uh, Olympic running coaches, chiropractors, physical therapists, athletic trainers, um, running coaches. You know, they, they, they'll analyze the video footage that we capture for them or that they capture on site down there. And um, they break, break it down. And what we're capturing is 120 frames per second. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll have the runner on the treadmill capture them from from all four sides with their sneakers and then without you know without sneakers running barefoot and then the team down there sits in really analyzes everything about the running mechanics for that client and then um they'll get the movement analysis profile which is about a 13 page document really breaking down everything about the running mechanics and and deficits that are found because there's also a movement screen a kind of strength screen that's part of this assessment um make recommendations and um you know the part where we really started to talk too is where they come up with that shoe anatomy prescription Mm -hmm. um where then we can direct clients to a partner like you guys that Mm -hmm. that know how to you know outfit the the client appropriately um so it's exciting for us i mean we've seen too many people who've come in with running injuries and have been told by their physicians well stop running right and that just doesn't seem like the answer. Right, right, right. It's the last thing that any runner wants to hear. Right. Is and, and, stop and, running. And, yeah, and most times that's not really the correct advice. It's just sure. the quickest answer to give. Right. So, you know, mechanics are a huge part of why people break down mm-hmm. faulty mechanics. And, you know, we were doing a lot of stuff with iPads and kind of doing the best that we can in the clinic and, mm-hmm. and we can identify a lot of things, but we cannot get into the depth that run lab gets into. Right. Right. And, um, so to have this at our disposal, we're the only facility on, on the East coast that, that has this yeah. and to be able to break people down to this extent and then take the information that run lab gives us. And now we can be super targeted mm-hmm. in correctives and, and areas of deficit that we can go after to really make a huge impact for that runner. Be that, in preventing an injury or helping to be more targeted in the recovery from injury or take someone who's doing well and improve their performance. So, sure. yeah. Um, it's, it's, we kind of got lucky when we found them in a way, mm-hmm. but um, once you start to engage with Dr. Davis and her team, you're like, there's no better place that I could think of or yeah. that we've found in the country that, that could do this. Yeah, I thought it was it was a really unique experience. Um, you know, in all my years of running, like I've never had that kind of in-depth analysis done. Um, I mean, we get people that, you know, uh, clients that come in and, you know, what, what we do here is is way more on the surface in terms of, you know, the analysis that we do. Um, but some people expect this full on, like, yeah. hey, let's measure all these different degrees of mm-hmm. range of motion and all this yeah. sort of stuff. But um, it's great to have a place to, to work with that, that can offer that. Um, I just found for me, like in the, in the follow-up consultation, you know, with run lab, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was just kind of like an eye-opening experience. Like I knew yeah. I, I've always known, and I'm sure there's plenty of people out there and plenty of people that, uh, you see that, that know what they need to do, but don't really see it like eye to eye. Yeah, just pointing at me. Um, but when they look, when you look at the video, 
And you're just like, holy shit, yeah. like, how am I running like this? Like, yeah. I look broken. Like, I yeah. have to do something. You yeah. know what I mean? So, And that's kind of what I got at when I had that, you know, follow-up meeting with them. And I'm just yeah. looking at myself. I'm like, who is this person? Yeah. Like, I don't look like I should feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, um, but, yeah, no, I think it's going to be a, a huge asset, you know, to the area. Um, and it's just like a unique view. Um, even like you're saying for someone that's, that's kind of, that is healthy, you know, yeah. but also someone that, you know, is injured, that's trying to get back to full health. Cause again, like the last thing any runner wants to hear is like, just stop running. Stop. You know, yeah. That's, that's not, that's not what we want to hear. So, um, and, but, and you saw it like f- to sit there and kind of watch you on the mm-hmm. treadmill, yeah. you know, at nine to 10 miles an hour and, right. and you're cruising along and you're looking good. Sure. You know, to thank the you, thank eye. you. I'm flattered. I'm flattered. Yeah. <laughs> but when you see it broken down right. in that super slow mo yes. and that frame by frame, and then when you you know you can pick up on so many yeah. subtle faults that when they're repeated over and over, right. they really turn into something major. So sure. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. No, it was neat. Like it was they were kind of going over this, you know, how much I crossed over with my legs mm-hmm. when I'm running, and then just like the supination on like my left foot is like totally out of whack to where I'm just like yeah. crushing the outside of my foot. So, yeah. but again, like stuff that, you know, you look at it with the naked eye and you know, something might be up, but it's not mm-hmm. as necessarily apparent as uh, slowing it down in, in, the, yeah. in the way that they do. Yeah. It was, I've, I've been doing a lot of, uh, a lot of glute work since then. Let's put it that's, that way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hey, some is more than none. Some is more right. than none. So, it can, can only go up. <laughs> right. I can hear you limping. Hear it. When I, when I run. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 From behind. Yeah. yeah. Mike heard it last week. Yeah. 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 It's not pretty. So, but, but we'll get better. We'll get better. Right. So, but, uh, but yeah, speaking of, speaking of injuries, you know, to kind of, to kind of move along, um, you know, kind of a, a general question for you and all your years of kind of experience. Um, I mean, I'm sure people know some of them, but, you know, what are some of the more common, you know, kind of running related injuries that, that you guys see walk through your, your doors? Cause I mean, you guys have, you know, quite the clientele base. Yeah. We, we see um, a lot of plantar fasciitis, sure. a lot of it band issues. Yeah. And, you know, both of those tissues are more ligamentous tissues. Mm-hmm. So they're not contractile tissues. They're not, you know, turning on and turning off. They're kind of receiving force. Mm. And, you know, the culprit, a, a huge culprit, and you hit on it yourself there, a huge culprit for both of those tissues is glute weakness. Right. When the glute is weak, that, that there's a strong rotational component that the, the glute is controlling rotation. And, and so when that glute, glute is weak, there's a little bit more of a collapse into mm-hmm. the lower extremity, and that's going to put a lot of tension on the IT band and then a lot of tension down on the plantar fascia. So mm-hmm. those two t- we, we see a lot of runners come in with those tissues being you know really irritated. Patellar tendonitis, yeah, yeah. a lot of patellar tendonitis, um, and then, then depending on the type of runner, like the if when we get into some of these track athletes, right, and you know more aggressive running, we'll get a lot of tibialis posterior dysfunction, mm-hmm. you know, with those those people, and then you know just the recreational runners who are in footwear that is totally inappropriate for them, yeah, they're you know everything down at the foot and ankle is, sure. real, and then their knee is going to get chopped up and then yeah you know so 
you know, there's a bit, and, and every time we've ever sent somebody to your store, mm-hmm. they've come back and just raved, and they mm-hmm. feel better. Like you're making our job way easier. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, we can do everything <laughs> we can do to try and strengthen this and mobilize that. But then if they're out there and they're pounding away and they're in footwear that's inappropriate, sure. Yeah. You know, we're kind of like fighting uphill. They're just know. undoing everything that that you yeah. guys are doing in you know on the floor. So yeah. Oh, well, I'm well, we're very flattered over here by yeah. the way. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, I guess let's um, let's kind of get a little bit into kind of the last point um, that I'd be really interested to to get your you know opinion on um, you know because we do see it you know in in our store you know with youth athletes and and kind of like I feel like a hot topic right now is like that that specialization. You know, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, kids now are just doing one thing, you know, all the time. So it's soccer, yeah. you know, all the time. Like, yeah. how have you seen that, you know, in terms of, you know, the athletes walking through your door? You know, I know for us, we try to, um, I guess a lot of us too, like when we were younger, we did a lot of different things too. Like yeah. we, we ran, but we didn't do it seriously until we were in high school. So that's kind of what we were trying to tell, you know, parents when they walk in and the kids in sixth grade, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, got to pump the brakes a little bit, but yeah. you know, kind of how have you seen that as, you know, you, you know, within your, your doors? Well, th- these young athletes, they're not skeletally mature or even close to that. And they were seeing overuse injuries that really used to be reserved for a higher level college athlete or, mm-hmm. or even a professional athlete. And we're seeing these injuries at 12 and 13. Yeah, yeah. And, and not only that, but there's mental kind of burnout with a lot of these young kids. And, and we, we're kind of like in a unique spot because, you know, oftentimes the parent may, may sit in the waiting room and the child goes through the whole workout. Right. and and you know they work with us and and they feel connected to us and they'll give us information like oh man i like i don't even like soccer anymore right, but right, if you right. think of it if it's all a child has done from 5 years old to 12 years old that's 7 years of their life they've sure. only been on the planet for 12 <laughs> right. and they don't right. even remember the first 3 so it's like <laughs> being a full time job and it hasn't been fun and yeah. and then they're like but don't tell my mom or dad right right yeah and so like when that's been helpful to me as a parent Mm. seeing this kind of play out over and over before we had children that you know what are we doing this for like you know i want my i want my girls to i have three daughters and Mm. i want them to be exposed to as much as they can be exposed to and don't let them specialize And, and you know, I get it. It's you kind of just the way the sports society is right, now. You feel like, yeah. yeah, I may not be doing everything I can for my child because you know, all these other people have like seven trainers working with the kid and they play all year long. It, 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 I really believe you're not holding your child back by mm-hmm. having them kind of periodize or be involved in different sports and cross train their body. Um, it's it's something that I'm pretty passionate about. Sure, and, yeah. And I, you don't want to see these kids breaking down, and, and you know they can they can suffer injuries that really knock them out of the sport that right. they might have otherwise loved, or they just get so burned out of it that they'll they won't even pursue that sport anymore. Right. So, yeah. um, variety is the key. Mm. Give them breaks, you know, and, and 
too much of one thing is is not good ever right, in right. your life, and it's really not good when you're developing. Sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think you know what we see here. It's it's similar in terms of you know you want to be passionate about the sport and you want to be at your peak when it matters the most. You know, which is generally you know that if you're going to play in college, you know, that later mid to late high school to your college years, you know, and thankfully running is something that, you know, if you're healthy, you can do for your entire life. If you wanted to, you don't need to find, you know, eight other people to field a baseball team to play with. Um, But, you know, unfortunately sometimes we see it taken to an extreme, you know, at that younger age and, you know, the kid will kind of plateau or like you're saying, they'll burn out. Yeah. To the point of, you know, it was great that you were a youth champion in whatever distance or event, but what did that really get yeah. you, you know? Um, yeah. It's a weird dynamic. It's a weird situation. Yeah, and my, <laughs> advice, to par- my advice to parents is definitely communicate with the child and, and mm-hmm. don't communicate in a way where you're dictating the response you want from the child. Right, you know? right, right, right. Communicate right. in a way where it's open and you really – you know that they have some input about sure. what they're participating in and i and i've thought a lot about it because i've seen some just horrible behaviors from mm-hmm. parents like say take a child who's coming out of a, a cast or a boot from an ankle fracture mm-hmm. and you know the parent tells me we have a very important tournament this weekend and she yeah. is playing. Right, right, right. And I'm like, <laughs> she can't walk. Like, there's no chance uh, that she's yeah, playing. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's that it come. I want to believe that that behavior comes from a, a parent who's believing that they're doing the very best for their child. Sure. And maybe they wanted to excel and they didn't. And they feel like they didn't because their parents didn't commit to the sport the way that I'm going to commit so my stuff, child doesn't suffer the fate that I suffered. Right, right. <laughs> I think that's where it comes from. Sure, yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's like we as parents and coaches and professionals that deal with them have to subtly try and help. When we see it kind of getting across a line, try and just step in and, yeah. and you know, help them check themselves a little bit, and, yeah. you know, and, and in the interest of the child, you know, it's it's i've seen it way too many times sure, it's almost yeah. becoming a norm rather than right. an exception and, oh, and definitely. that's that's a shame it's a shame for the for the child who's going to break down mentally or physically because of the you know overuse yeah i mean i always try to like take like you were saying like try to take a step back in terms of like most of the times i would have to believe and think that it's not the child that's like yes i want to go out and get a private coach in addition to my existing coach of, you know, high school, right. whatever it is, or yeah, yeah. I want to go into all these. And like, yes, you'd like to think that the, the parent's heart is in the proper place yeah. generally. Yeah. Um, but again, like some of these kids just like, I, I like I, I don't mean to sound like, and I see, I feel like I say this in a lot of our podcasts. Like I don't mean to sound like an old man, but like I do not envy kids like nowadays, no. like for a multitude no. of reasons, but like um, just like you're, I feel like you're, they always have to be on. Yeah, you know I mean, like there's no yep. breaks. There's no like, hey, let's like just have a weekend. Yeah, I mean, like go swimming, play. Right, exactly, like go yeah. out, you know. But, yeah. um, but yeah, no, it's it's interesting to to kind of hear that you see it, you know, similarly yeah. to kind of what we see, you know, across yeah. here. So, but uh, but yeah, so let's uh, so let's wrap up a little bit. There was one question that I I always kind of 
suggest guests give a little bit of thought to prior to, to jump it on. But uh, one question that we ask all of our guests, and I know, you know, your background might not necessarily be running, but it's a running podcast, so we have mm-hmm. to ask it. Uh, <laughs> so if you had to name a running shoe after yourself, uh, what would it be and why? Um, so, so I came up with the dynamic warrior. All right. Um, dynamic because it's constant change in, you know, of activity and, um, progress. And, you know, I'm as a PT today, Mm -hmm. 20 years into my career, um, I kind of cringe at at the treatments that I was giving 20 years ago because we're so different today. Constant change, constant progression. Um, and you know, and even in life, I am constantly trying to push myself, you know, in all aspects of my life. And and warrior, because uh, brave, experienced. I'm now old, <laughs> veteran. Right, that veteran is the is the polite way to you know, put it, right? Yeah. yeah. So so I think that that would be my running shoe, nice. um, the the dynamic warrior. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. So, uh, so before we jump off here, you know, uh, you know, remind people where they can find uh, Atlantic uh, socially, you know, so people can follow you. Our, our website is AtlanticPTCenter.com. Um, Instagram, we're Atlantic underscore PT. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter, at Atlantic PT. Um, we have a YouTube channel, which is Atlantic Physical Therapy Center. Sure. Um, so, you know, we got a lot of channels that you could, you could find us. I think our Instagram, I really like our Instagram. Yeah. We yeah. have uh, Jane who you've met yes. yep. who's awesome. She's constantly updating things and always, we're putting out a lot of, I think, valuable information. Yeah. No, there's a lot of good content. Stuff. Yeah. No, it's awesome. Yeah. So, Grace is already yeah. following you. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Grace. Yeah. Awesome, Mike. Well, thank you so much for the time tonight. We really appreciate it. Uh, again, as a, as a friend and, and business owner, I look up to you, uh, you. and I can't, uh, value our partnership, you know, uh, anymore. So I definitely appreciate, you know, all the help throughout the years. Um, you know, it's been, it's been a pleasure working with you ever since we opened up here. So, uh, but again, thanks for your time tonight and, uh, Thank you. I appreciate Great. it. So. The feeling is, is a hundred percent mutual. I appreciate it too. Yeah, definitely. Thanks Mike. We'll catch up with you soon. All right, you guys. Thanks. Right. Bye. Alrighty, guys. Thanks for tuning in this week. We want to give a very special thank you again to our guest, Mike Manzo of Atlantic Physical Therapy. You can follow along with us using the handle at RunnersHighNJ on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Alrighty, guys. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. You can find us using the Apple Podcast app or also on SoundCloud or Spotify. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch up with you all next week. <laughs>